Good morning. Uh, we're going to continue our study on this amazing uh, small part of Scripture that has a great impact, the Great Commission. If you hear last week, we talked about the difference between making Christians and making disciples. We talked about Ikea. I'm glad that we all thought it was as funny as I did. That could have gone two different ways. And we talked about making disciples of all nations. Well, today we're going to focus on the going. We're going to focus on the going. It's interesting, we don't live in a world of going anymore. We live in a culture of staying, right? We live in a DoorDash society. I know nothing against DoorDash. If you get DoorDash, this is not a criticism of you or anything like that, but it is worth mentioning. We enjoy being able to stay put and have other people do things for us, right? We do. This is just the way that the world works these days. We like to stay put and have everything come to us. And it's fine for dinner or groceries or... Amazon Prime, how many marriages talk about Amazon Prime? There's another package at the door, sweetheart. <laughs> what in the world do we need now? <laughs> Good thing that Cabela's and Bass Pro doesn't ship to the house. <laughs> right when all the guys thought they were off the hook, they're like, I know, I don't get it by Amazon Prime, but I have to go pick it up at the store still. And it's fine, but when it comes to our faith, when it determines and is an, uh, an explanation of how our faith works, it is slightly more important to discuss why. Because if we have a DoorDash faith, if we have the idea and the perspective that we are to stay put and God will just bring everything to us or that everyone should come to us, we're going to miss out on what we've been called and asked to do. Some of us have grown up in DoorDash churches. This is not a criticism. I'm just saying that some of us have the experience of being in a church, maybe, right, where it was about come and see. Everything's here, and we want you to come and see, and that's the measure of our discipleship, right? Get as many people here as possible, and then that's what we'll do. We'll make disciples in-house. Some of you have uh, grown up in churches where you've, you've grown up watching the greats of the faith go and make disciples, but there was no expectation for you to participate in that. Still others may have been part of the going, but it was for a different kind of kingdom building. It was a small K kingdom, and it was really about our kingdom, how we could grow our kingdom. And there are some of us who may have refused the going because maybe we didn't know or we weren't willing to sacrifice to be a fully devoted follower of Christ. Maybe we just didn't know. And I hope that today the therefore go portion of this great commission will minister to you, it will encourage you. I hope that it'll maybe help you make some adjustments in your life. I certainly know that it's making me have to uh, take a look and see what adjustments I have to make in my life. Uh, as you know that I am not an expert in this thing. 
that we are growing together as we study the scriptures this morning. You can turn to Matthew chapter 28 if you like. And as we look at the scriptures, I think we're going to see a large difference between the come and see model of disciple making or Christian making, I guess we could say, and the therefore go version of making disciples because there's a big, big difference. As you know, this is going to be a church, Bayou City Fellowship, who are about one thing, that is not just hearing about who God is, but knowing him and doing what he says. That's what we're going to be about. And all the prayer and the generosity and the going, that's what we're going to be about. And I think that we're going to find out a really great way of how to accomplish that. Here's what it says again in the Great Commission, right? All authority, we we talked about this last week, That word authority is the same as author, and that is important because who has the authority? Well, the author of life. He has the authority to tell us what to do, where to go, and how to do it because he's the one that gave breath to your lungs. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. He says, therefore, go. Because I gave you life, because I gave you purpose, because I gave you a future and a hope, therefore, go. And make disciples. And that word, as we talked last week, means while you are going. It's not just go, right? It's very specific. While you are going, make disciples. Build up fully devoted followers of Jesus. Don't, it's not, therefore, come and see and we'll build some Ikea furniture together. It is, therefore, go. While you are going, do the work and invest in building up Lasting disciples, fully devoted followers of Christ. If you want to put your finger in Matthew 28, we're going to look at a a quick scripture in the Old Testament. There is an Old Testament in the Bible. That didn't land as good as Ikea. Apologize. Pastors, you know how to work on our jokes. Deuteronomy 6. See, because what's important that you need to know is that what Jesus was asking his disciples, his followers to do, God had already told his people to do at the beginning. Deuteronomy chapter 6. We know this well. Love the Lord your God, it says in verse 4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. So love God. Then he says, how to do it. He says, these commandments that I give you today are to be upon your hearts. It implies that it's not just a knowledge of the the commandments. It's not just a knowledge of the information. It's a ingesting. It's a taking in deep into who you are, that these commandments should be on your hearts. And it says this, impress them on your children. Now I'm going to give you a what it says after, because sometimes we put the impress on your children and that comes across somewhat brutal sometimes, right? How many of you have tried and failed at family devotionals around the dinner table? Wow, really? Well, I feel terrible. I'm gonna have to sit down and have a class with some of y'all. How many of you haven't tried devotionals around the dinner table? Maybe that's, and the rest, y'all are lying. You guys are liars. We'll talk about that commandment later. There have been families who have tried to impress them upon their children by force. Right? 
trying very diligently, and it's not bad. If it works, do it, right? That's a good way to, to have that conversation if it works. It says this, talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols around your hand. He goes on, he says, this is it. While you are going, teach them. While you are going. See, the Bible is not about raising Christian children. The Bible doesn't tell us to raise Christians. It's about, it's about making disciples of your children. Right? The Bible is not about um, you know, leading employees. You are making disciples. Now, I know there's some dicey things we can talk about, right? But you're also not raising athletic or scholar superstars. What you're doing is making disciples. While you are going, while you sit and while you rise, while you eat dinner, while you go to lunch, while you take a, a walk to the park, teach them. And then it says over in chapter 8, it says verse 2, because it, 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 it's important that you know that God is not asking you to do something that he didn't already do himself, right? It says this in verse 2 of chapter 8. Remember how the Lord your God led you all the way in the desert these 40 years to humble you and to test you so that he would know your heart. So what we see is God says, therefore go and make disciples. He says it in Deuteronomy. He shows it by his faithfulness to the desert. He went with them. As they went, while they were going, he was teaching them about himself and about the kingdom of God. You can flip back to Matthew 28. See, God was not a stay at home, try to teach you about his love kind of God. He wandered in the desert with them. Remember, he had pillar by fire by night, cloud by day. He was present with them in the going. He was with them in the going. The entire Bible is actually this story. He was present at the beginning. He gave them breath and life. He was with them in the garden. He walked with them in the garden. And after sin and after the separation, he was not willing to stay separated. And the whole Bible is about him wanting to be with us in the going. And we find this in Christ, obviously. In Christ, we have the same example of going that God showed in Deuteronomy and all through the scriptures. And in Matthew, we're gonna walk through today. Listen, I want you to engage. If you're like, hey, the intro was great, Johnny, but I wanna know what we're doing. I want now's the time. Sit up straight, engage, because we're gonna run through and find the example of how to do it. Because I can tell you, this is pretty simple. Therefore, go. Let's pray. We can all get home early for lunch. It's very straightforward, but I think it's important that we see how Jesus did it in the while he was going and then talk about what that means for us because I'm not, I don't want this to be a cool lesson. I want us to leave today and go, oh, I can do this now. I understand that it's about going now and how to go and make disciples. If you want to look, we're going to start at Matthew chapter 4. You know what it says in Matthew 28, and what's very interesting, the reason that we're doing this today is this. What Jesus asked them to do, he did it after he showed them how to do it. It's pretty cool, right? If you ask somebody to do something but have never given them any opportunity or examples how to do it, the learning curve is pretty big. 
But he had been showing them all of the things. He'd been showing them, go therefore, make disciples of all nations, teaching them and baptizing, all these different things. We're gonna look at how he did it and what the big deal was, okay? Matthew chapter four. As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers and he told them, come follow me. This is gonna be, listen, we're gonna cover a lot of ground. I'm just, I want you to see these, these high points of this. Come and follow me and I will make you fishers of men. I will make you disciple makers. I will give you purpose and a hope. And immediately they left the boat and they followed him. Verse 23 of chapter four says, Jesus went throughout Galilee. It's an action, right? There's this, this action over and over and over. We're gonna see this play out. Jesus went. He was walking through Galilee. And while he was walking through Galilee, what was he doing? He was teaching. He was preaching the good news of the kingdom, healing every disease and sickness among the people. And large crowds followed him. All along the way, as Jesus went, his disciples were with him. They went with him. And while they went, Jesus was showing them how to do what he was going to ask them to do later, right? He was teaching about the character of God and the kingdom of God. We talked about that last week, remember? The kingdom of God and the character of God over and over and over again about how to relate to God Almighty. And in the, the Sermon on the Mount, we did a whole study on this. They came to him, they sat down, and they talk about this. He's teaching them. He's showing them how the world really works. Chapter eight, you can flip to chapter eight is where we're gonna fall next. Verse eight, when he came down, while he was going down from the mountain, a man with leprosy came. Jesus reached out, of course, said, I'm willing, and he healed him. Verse five of chapter eight, when Jesus had entered Capernaum. So they're, you see they're traveling. They're actually walking through life together. And the disciples are seeing Jesus interact with people. The sick, the cast aside, there's a lesson there. The, what's the character of God and what's the kingdom of God about? And he heals them, right? All along the way, his disciples, these greenhorns, these people who were fishing for a living, who were, uh, you know, uh, Pharisee flunkies, basically, right? They're not gonna be rabbis. They didn't make it through. So they're in the family business. And they're learning about the character of God and the kingdom of God. And then he talks about how he went to Peter's house, right? As he's going. One important thing to note, making disciples is not about your schedule working really nice and clean, Right? Jesus had a plan. I'm going to go up on the mountainside. Oh my gosh, there's all these people. What am I going to do? I'll tell them about the kingdom of God and the character of God. He came down. Man, I'm, I'm really hungry. Oh wait, there's this man with leprosy. He needs something. See, what we have a tendency to do is we make disciples. If it doesn't fit in our schedule, we normally say no. And there is something to be said for boundaries and all of those things. I understand that. But in general, if you can hold on to this, as you make disciples, ministry happens in the interruptions. Ministry happens in the interruptions, right? We see this all throughout the scripture in the ministry of Jesus. He finishes one thing and another person approaches him. The centurion comes, right? And he says this, verse 10, when Jesus heard this, he was astonished, right? The centurion is like, please don't go. I don't deserve you to come, that sort of thing. And what Jesus says is, look, I tell you the truth. I have not found anyone in Israel with such faith. So he takes the circumstance that they're in and then he teaches them a lesson about faith 
based on this conversation that he had. He goes on and he goes on. Jesus, he calms, he takes him in the boat. We know the story of the storm. He calms the storm and he, he challenges their faith because making disciples is not, as you're going, is not just about the easy stuff, right? In a few weeks, we're gonna talk about teaching with the, the part of the Great Commission where it says, teach them all these things. And we'll talk more about the mode of teaching. But he teaches them about their faith, right? They're amazed. Who is this? When he arrived on the other side, they're going. Over and over and over again, the calling of Matthew, the same things, right? As they're going. Verse chapter 10, he sends out the 12. This is fascinating because while they were going, he makes disciples. Along the way, there were opportunities for him to send them out on their own, right? He gives them a task. Hey, we're going. You've been watching. I'm gonna give you a shot here. I'm gonna give you a task. And I'm, I, he gives them, tells them what to do. And then he sends them out to go do it. See, we can't, he was giving them the opportunity to put into practice what he was showing them. If we're DoorDash disciple makers, we will teach people to do the same thing that we do, sit at home and wait. Having a Bible study once a week is great, but it is not the full extent of your disciple making duties. While they went, he sent them out. He goes on, chapter 11. After Jesus had finished instructing his 12 disciples, he went on from there. He kept going. Do you guys see a pattern? Verse 12, at that time, Jesus went through the grain fields on the Sabbath. This is a good one. So he's going through the grain fields. His disciples are hungry. And he's out in this field and they start eating. It's on the Sabbath, which is against the, the law that they had set as the Sabbath. And what does he do there? His disciples were hungry and began to pick some heads of grain and eat them. And he was confronted by the religious leaders, the Pharisees. You know what he did? He did not bow to the religious leaders. Instead, he confronted them with their lack of faith and their misunderstanding of the scriptures. And he guarded and protected his disciples. Making disciples is also about being so invested in one another's life that we guard one another when it's time to guard one another. He didn't throw them to the wall. He could have sat there and be like, man, you guys, I can't believe you picked those heads of grain. It's not like Jesus didn't know the Sabbath law. But while they went, he used even grain to teach them about the character of God and the kingdom of God. Chapter 13, he tells them the parable of the sower. And then he comes back and explains the parable. He tells them another parable. And then he comes back and explains the parable as they went together. And even as they came into the towns, again, over and over and over, Jesus went here, his disciples were with him. And as they went, he taught them about the kingdom of God. And he showed them how to make fully devoted followers of Christ. So what does any of this have to do with us? I have a lot more. I was going to go through the whole book, but I realized that that's not going to work. And I, I want you to see it over and over. And I, I hope that what you'll do is you'll go home and read Matthew and you'll start at the beginning. Just read and look at all of those action words that you see. Jesus went. He came to when he went on from there over and over and over. Every time you see him teaching them something different. In the circumstances that they see, Deuteronomy 6, while you're walking along the road, teach them. 
What does that look like? The feeding of the 4,000, the feeding of the 5,000, he gives them opportunities to put their faith to work because making disciples is not about waiting until they have it all figured out to give them responsibility. While you are going, give them responsibility because this is how you teach them, right? This is the deal. If you shelter your kids for their whole life and 18, turn them loose and hope they get it right, that doesn't make any sense at all, does it? And we do that out of fear. I'm, as a parent, I have a difficult time with not having control over my kids' lives. I get that. It's very difficult, right? We want to huddle over them. We take the protecting thing part really, really serious, but in the protecting, sometimes we're not teaching them anything. We're not giving them opportunities to express faith. We're not teaching them about what do you do with fear. When the boat is about to sink and you think Jesus is asleep at the wheel, what do you do? Well, that's, he taught them through that. He didn't shelter them from the storm. He let them experience it so he could show them the character of God and the kingdom of God. So as he went, he showed them and he gave them opportunities to also do that. I realize that some of this goes into the teaching part, but I wanted, I, it's hard not to do both. Here's the point. While you are going, your life is not about you. Your going is not about you. Your job and your sports, your free time, every breath you take as a believer, as a Christian, as a disciple of Jesus, isn't meant to serve you. And my life's not meant to serve me. I want to shift your perspective a little bit. There's a difference between the come and see model of discipleship and the therefore go model. Come and see is self-serving. Therefore go is God-serving. The come and see is church-promoting. The therefore go is God-promoting. Come and see is time-consuming. Therefore, go is soul-filling. Come and see creates busyness. It creates busyness. To therefore go is about God's business. I don't, don't want to be cute about it, but I want you to remember it. Don't be a DoorDash disciple-maker. Hopefully this doesn't get far enough that DoorDash hears this. <laughs> I'm not trying to, to criticize DoorDash. But don't be a DoorDash disciple maker. Make followers of Jesus while you go. Think about it. There's a couple things that we can do that I want to put in your brain. I want you, if you can, to write these down. I had high intentions of having this on a little card for you so you could take it in your seat and you put it on your fridge. The week didn't go that way, so I'm hoping you write this down so that you don't forget. Here's the thing. If we're going to be disciple makers in the going, here's what we have to do. The first thing is don't be stationary. Don't be stationary. If you stay at home or work and stay totally isolated to the schedule, you won't go. You won't go. We have to move and live and be present in the lives of others, and this takes action. Therefore, while you are going is an activity. 
As we said last week, it is a missionary faith. So don't be stationary. The second thing, never go alone and be intentional. Never go alone. I, I, I had to go to Lowe's to do, uh, you know, everybody's going to Lowe's or Home Depot or the Garden Center or wherever now because everybody's stuff died and we're off trying to make our house look better. Here's the thing. If you have to go to Lowe's, ask somebody along. Hey, Lily, my youngest daughter. Hey, I've got to go to Lowe's. You want to come with me? I'm trying to get her to say yes to that question. Is this a whole other story? <laughs> Who are you bringing with you? Right? Who are you bringing with you? Invite someone along when you go anywhere if possible. If you're at work and you're going to lunch, don't go alone. Invite somebody along because... When you have somebody present with you, you have the ability to make a disciple. You have the ability to continue the process of to be like Jesus, right? Never go alone and be intentional. Create opportunities for discipleship, right? They, those things happen when you go. It happens all the time. Lily, again, we'll go someplace. She'll have a conversation. We talk about everything, anything, dad. You know, we talk about trees. We talk about that air. We had a conversation about the, the uh, exhaust trail that the airplanes leave. You know, it looked like the airplane was flying straight down. I said, no, you know. So we started talking about it. Guess what I did? I try not to miss an opportunity. So we talked about the character of God and the kingdom of God with exhaust trails from the airplanes. But if you're not paying attention, if that's not the purpose of your going... We switch it very quickly. It's like, I don't know what that is. And then we move on to something else because we're worried about we have to buy at Lowe's instead of making disciples of our children. Everything, it points to this next thing. Everything points to God and Jesus. Write that down. Everything points. Heads of grain on the, on the fields, Jesus used to tell them about the character of God and the kingdom of God. A fig tree that withered, he used to teach them about the character of God and the kingdom of God. The religious leaders who really had no faith in God, he, he used conflict to talk to them about God. In the confrontations, everything pointed to God. Now, don't, it doesn't have to be, here's the deal, you gotta do this well, okay? If you don't force it, all, right, all the kids and teenagers in the room are like, oh gosh, they're like, oh, we're going to talk about Jesus all the time now. Everything's about Jesus. Yes, it is. Even your gymnastics practice. Even your sport, even all the things has an opportunity, right, to grow them up to be more like Jesus. The last thing is this. Call people up. Don't let them settle for easy. Call people up. Jesus never allowed his disciples to settle for easy. He made them walk through the storms. They were present when he was confronted by the garrison demoniac. This isn't some sissy stuff. When they tried to kill him, they were present. He confronted Peter about his lack of faith. He said, get behind me, Satan. Like, you gotta be real good friends to throw that one out there. Making disciples, fully devoted followers of Jesus, you have to risk the tough stuff too. Call people up if you want to make them disciples of Jesus. If you want Ikea Christians, you just kind of put it together and set them in the corner. 
They'll look like furniture, but they won't stand the test. To make fully devoted followers of Christ, to make disciples, we can't let them settle for easy. I feel like we could talk, we could literally talk all day about this specific thing in the going and how to do it. My hope is this, that you won't be stationary, that you will invite people in in the going and to be intentional and that you will use every opportunity to point somebody to Jesus, whether it's trees or grass or business or sports or, or exhaust trails in the sky, that you would use everything to teach people about the character of God and the kingdom of God. And whether you are a child or you are a teenager, a young adult, you're married, single, you're widowed, you don't know what to do tomorrow, your purpose on this earth as a Christian is to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and in the going to make disciples of all nations. Today, you can start this today. With every single person God puts in your path. I hope that you've taken our word from last week to pray, to be attentive, to participate in those lives, and just to keep on going. Father, I do ask in Jesus' name that you would help us in the going, that you would teach us how to take your example and apply it to our lives and that you give us the ability to do so today. That we would shift our perspective from being good moral Christians to being fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ. Kingdom building, God honoring, builders of people. We are going to... uh, end our service the way we always do, which is with prayer. If you need prayer or you would like to pray for someone, I'm going to invite the folks who are supposed to be up here to come on up and take your place, please. Um, And we'll be able to, to pray even afterwards. But in this time, as we sing this song and you need prayer or you'd like to pray for someone or with someone, now's the time to do that as we continue to worship together. Let's stand together.